0: that we break. So um, my dad was uh, a good dad, but he was pretty strict. And so uh, I remember as a kid, I had this little Dodger bat. um, And uh, I'd swing it around in the house in my room. And um, I was playing with my Nerf ball or whatever. And I swung that bat, and I put a hole in my closet door. And I knew I was in deep, deep, deep trouble. Um, So my mom, I told my mom, and so she uh, found this happy sticker. (laughs) And we put this happy sticker on the closet door, and I don't think my dad ever found out. I don't know what happened when they sold the house, but... I never heard whether he found out, but he'll probably find out today because he'll listen to this message. <laughs> but hopefully the punishment won't be too, too great today. But it's great to be here. Um, how many of you are familiar with the game Jeopardy? Seen Jeopardy, played Jeopardy. All right, so this morning we got a Jeopardy question for $1,000. Now remember... Um, Not literal (laughs) $1,000, I don't know. There's candy bars in the back if you get this right. (laughs) But, But remember, when you answer the question, how are you supposed to answer the question? With a question, right? Okay, so when you answer this, make sure you answer it right. So here's the question. This president established Mother's Day in 1914, six years after it was first established at a Methodist church in West Virginia. Answer? Yeah, my wife would know it. She yelled it out, I think. Yeah, that's the answer. Who is Woodrow Wilson? So today we are taking a one-week break from our series of The Jesus Way to celebrate Mother's Day because the truth is mothers play a huge role in God's work in humanity from the very beginning of creation, not just since 1914. I realize that not every mother situation brings up good feelings or great memories but it is important for you to know if you are a mother here today that God loves you he loves you deeply God makes it clear in Scripture that he cares for mothers no matter their situation the Bible gives us many examples of God's care concern and provision for mothers. It starts with the first mother of the Bible and Eve. If you remember, Eve had two sons, and she had to go through the unfortunate event of one son killing the other son. And if, in fact, God did not intervene, she would have lost that second son also. And then God also intervened by giving her a third son named Seth. Consider Hagar. She might be one of my favorites. Hagar, a maid, a foreigner, thrown out by Sarah. Really, no one. She finds herself in the desert with a child. She puts the child under a bush and walks away to a rock because she doesn't want to see her son die. And as she's crying, an angel of God appears and tells her it'll be all right, shows her where water is, and the son becomes the leader of a great nation. There's actually another example that I want to share and spend a little time on this morning, and that's the mother Naomi. That event is recorded in the book of Ruth. It starts out with Naomi living with her husband and two sons in Bethlehem in Judah, and the father decides that it's time to have a better life, so he says it's time to move. There's a famine going on. We could find a better place to live, so he decides to move the family to Moab. Moab. Not Moab, Utah. Uh, Moab that's east of the Dead Sea, where Bethlehem is west of the Dead Sea. So probably not Naomi's first choice to have to leave family and friends and go into a foreign land. And unfortunately, not that far after, Naomi's husband dies. So she's left with two sons, and for 10 years she raises those sons, and they marry, have two wives, things are going okay, and then all of a sudden the sons die. The book of Ruth doesn't tell us how they die, but I'm sure it wasn't anything pleasant. And I don't think I've ever witnessed anything as tragic as a mother losing her son. Naomi lost two sons. On top of this, she had to deal with the reality that she was now too old to marry again, too old to have children. She heard that the famine back in Bethlehem had lifted. So she decided it was time to go back. She told her daughter-in-laws, stay here, start a new life. There's nothing for me. I'll just go back, live my life alone. No lineage, no prodigy. This is what she had to say to those daughter-in-laws. Things are far more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. I've never been a mother, but I've been around long enough to know that it is a rare occurrence that a mother has never questioned where God is or why it seems that God is not for her. It may be a day. It may be a week. It may be a month. It may be a decade. Most of you mothers can understand. One of the daughter-in-laws, Ruth, decided to go back with Naomi to Judah. And when they arrived to Judah, there was a group of women that were very excited to see Naomi. And so they gathered around her, and they said, is this really you, Naomi? And this is Naomi's response. Don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made this very bitter for me. Despite how Naomi was feeling, the truth was God did care greatly for her. And the rest of the book of Ruth tells us how God restored and redeemed Naomi. Briefly, there's a man named Boaz that's a distant relative, steps up, buys her property, marries Ruth. Listen to what the same woman had to say to Naomi just a little later on. Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and she cared for him as if it were her own. The neighbor woman said, Now at last Naomi has a son again and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Naomi the mother went from having no lineage to being in the lineage of King David. That's how much God cared for Naomi. Mothers, there may be times when things aren't going the way That you dreamed. In those times, it is critical to remember that God cares for you. He loves you. He sees you. He knows you. He will redeem you. Not only does God care about mothers, He honors mothers. God has placed mothers in a position that deserves honor and respect. It was built into the very fabric of Israel's covenant relationship with God through being in the Ten Commandments. Leviticus 19.3. It's buzzing, but it doesn't move. Oh, oh, oh. Now I probably went too far. Leviticus 19.3 says, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. Despite the culture of the day, despite how women were viewed, despite the positions that they could play in society, God placed mothers positionally the same as fathers as it had to do with honor and respect. The theme continues in the New Testament. This wasn't just for the nation of Israel. It continues in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, 1 through 2 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. You know, this was the first commandment with a promise. Does anybody remember what the promise is? Yes. Yes. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. God has so ordained it that honoring and respecting mothers brings blessing in the end. Proverbs 1 8 through 9 says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Part of honoring mothers and receiving a blessing is listening to their instruction. Mothers have something to say. <laughs> always, always. But they have been given that right. They have been given that authority. Not from the local school district, but from God himself. Proverbs 31 gives us another reason to honor mothers. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she lasts without fear of failure. Mothers are incredibly strong. Now, I know men can literally carry a lot of weight on their shoulders, but I don't think it compares to the weight that mothers hold on their shoulders every day. Uh, My mom worked full-time. She played the church organ. She played sports. She came to all my sporting events. She cooked. She dusted every week. Who dusts every week? Um, she did the laundry. She ironed. I think she ironed sheets. Um, and she just went on and on and on and on. Who, who can do something like that? And Growing up, I just thought that that's what mothers do. Um, but as I grew up and I got a full-time job, and I tried to do just a couple of those things, I realized that and comprehended that these individuals were like some type of superhero that God created, because I couldn't do half the stuff that my mom could do. And to top it off, we all know that mothers can and do endure pain better than men. Now it's not me, but I've heard stories of men that get a little, a little sick and they're in bed for three days and have to have their wives take care of them, where the wives are, you know, never take a second off. I, it was—it's not me, but I hear that that happens with with, with some men, not all men, but just some men. God takes this honoring of mothers all the way. Through their entire lives. In the book of 1 Timothy, there's a problem that's taking place in the church, and so Paul's addressing it, and it's what are we doing with the widows? Who's to take care of the widows? Who is defined as a widow? And Paul makes a startling statement at the end of that discussion. this is what Paul says. But those who won't care for their own, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Make no mistake about it. God honors mothers. Not only does God care for mothers and honor mothers, he also uses mothers of faith. We just mentioned the book of Timothy, and it's a great example of God using mothers. Uh, Timothy's mother was Eunice. His grandmother was Lois. And so Paul's writing a letter to Timothy, his protege, Paul's getting close to the end of his ministry. And so he writes a letter to Timothy, and it's a letter about making sure you're not ashamed of the gospel, that you're not timid about your faith. And you would think that he would start that letter off by talking about, hey, Timothy, remember those words I gave you. Um, Don't forget the things that I've taught you. But he doesn't start the letter out that way he starts it out like this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And he doesn't stop there. Later on, he goes on and says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting Jesus Christ. No mention of Timothy's father. No mention of any elder in the church. No mention of the guy that stands up here and Shares the message each week. No man mentioned at all. Two women of faith. Used by God to help further the kingdom of God. And to establish the church. Without them, it would not have been Timothy that Paul was writing a letter to. Mothers, the greatest gift that you can give your children is living a life of faith in Christ. There's no guarantee that that's going to translate into perfect children. There's no guarantee that it's going to translate into a child who has their own faith. But it will guarantee that that faith whether it is small as a mustard seed or as big as an avocado seed, which I think is the 16th largest seed. I think coconut is number two. I don't know. I can't remember the first one. This is not a Jeopardy question. But regardless of the faith, God will use it for his glory in his time and for his purpose. Here are two... Here we go. Here are two grandmothers. They happen to be my grandmothers. They passed away. Um, they both love the Lord greatly but they were complete opposites. And what's interesting is they both had Bible names. One's name was Martha, and one's name was Anna. And if you look at this picture, you could probably figure out which one was Martha, (laughs) and which one was Anna. Uh, Martha's on, well, Martha's on your left, and Anna is on your right. Martha lived to 100 years of age. Um, Martha taught me what the inner spiritual life should look like. The discipline of prayer, fasting, reading God's word. Anna taught me what the outer spiritual life should look like. Love, joy, giving, serving. They were not perfect, Their faith didn't have the same impact on all of their grandchildren. But they did have an impact on me, and they had an impact on many others around them. They carried the torch the best they knew how. They lit up their worlds and let God do the rest. I'm sure this morning we have mothers here that are just starting their journey journey of faith. And there's other mothers here that have been walking that journey for many decades. But regardless, God wants to use you where you are with the faith you have. I have one final jeopardy question. This one is pretty easy, hopefully. I didn't put a a monetary amount to this one. Those whom God cares for places in a position of honor and uses their faith. Answer? Who is mother's? Hopefully that brings some assurance, some comfort, some joy, to every mother that is here today. And for those of you that are here today that are not a mother, hopefully it will make you consider the fact that if God loves mothers to such a degree, shouldn't you love mothers to the same degree? That you would care for them that you would honor them, and that you would allow them to impact you by their faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us mothers. We thank you that you love mothers and that you care for them deeply. And that you intervene in their lives. And even though sometimes they may not feel your presence, you are there. And in the end, it will all be okay. Father, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.